0: Welcome to the Happiest Hours Outdoor Podcast by Bronson Lasley. In this podcast, we talk about everything outdoors and, of course, the things that make us happiest while spending time outdoors. In this podcast, we'll have guests from all over the country and maybe even across the world for them to tell us what makes them happiest when they're spending time outdoors and their roots on why they do it. this is episode four of the happiest hours outdoor podcast today i wanted to talk about um a little bit of hunter advocate and what we can do um as experienced hunters or outdoorsmen in general to get more people into the outdoors um i really think that there's not enough positive re-encouragement um to get people in the outdoors Um, For example, I put on my social media this year, hey, for anybody who wants to put in for public land draws, put in, and if you get drawn um, and if you don't have the gear or you don't know where to go, um, if you draw one of the areas in California in the Sacramento Valley, I will happily be glad to show you the ropes and show you how it's done. You know, I had multiple comments right away saying, why are you doing that? that's going to put way more pressure on our public lands. We don't need more people. um, And that's just not the outlook to have at all. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's true. You, you're going to have more people in these areas if people like offer up the opportunity like I offered, but for the most part um, what people don't understand is every duck stamp sold every license sold every single piece of hunting gear that, falls into the Pittman Rob Robertson act category, all goes directly back into conservation and will eventually and really benefit our lands and our resources that we have available to us hunters and fishermen. If we get more people involved, um, especially in this state, um, in California where I'm from, there's such a democratic and uh, I should say liberal viewpoint that, um, we need all the help we can get as hunters and fishermen. Um, we lose more land every year than we gain for our, for our benefit. And I think it's a huge step in the wrong direction to deter people and push people away from the sport instead of bring them in with opening arms. Um, so I just wanted to start off with, for people who may not be hunters, I am not from a Hunting family directly. Yes, my uncle and a bunch of my um, uncle's friends hunted, and that's who got me into it. But that's not what my parents are. Uh, my mom and dad um, supported me a hundred percent through when I started my hunting career, but they didn't do it themselves. My mom now has her license, um, and my mom and dad both will fish together in the summers and stuff but they have never been lifelong hunters or they didn't ever really get into it so it can be really challenging for people who never have um been before if they don't know where to go if they don't have a person to take them if they get intimidated from these wild wildlife areas it can be i mean it can be really really deterring when you show up at three thirty in the morning at some of these areas, and there's fifty trucks in the parking lot. You know, you, you don't really know what you're up against. Um, and I wanted to reflect on it just because I had taken some juniors out this last weekend, and I uh, watched some boys get their first birds. And if we can do that more often, especially um, not even just on the junior hunts, but regularly during the season, I saw, I think, four or five firsts of birds this year in waterfowl hunting. Um, and those were some of my favorite hunts just because I got to share, um, my love for the sport with these people and they really got to experience something really cool. Um, other than that, I just wanted to touch on there's three main ways, um, someone can get into hunting. Um, and then I'll go into how someone can get into fishing too. Um, the first main way someone can get into hunting is of course, get your hunter safety um, but book a guided hunt. Booking a guided hunt will put you in a position to be in a comfortable environment. You're not going to struggle your first time. You'll have a higher chance of getting birds if than if you were by yourself. Um, and really, you're going to see how it's done and just be a sponge if you do get that opportunity because that hunt, you're going to be going with a hopefully an experienced guide who's hunted many, many years and will pass on that, um, that knowledge to you. And that's kind of their service. They're not, their job is not only to get you birds, but it is also to teach you something and make you come away with something with your money and your time spent with them. Um, for example, if, even if you don't know anybody that would go on a guided hunt, because some of these guys, make you have a three-gun minimum, which means you have to have three people in your group to go out there, um, don't worry about it, there's a lot of guides that on a slower day or something, and they, they'll, if you contact the right guides, um, and tell them your situation, hey, I'm a new hunter, I don't have anybody to go with, I'm really new to this, um, 100%, um, talk to them, and most of the good guides, you can be able to contact over the phone and talk to them and tell them what your needs are. And they'll conform to them. I mean, the guide service I work for, Fish Dog Outdoors in the Sacramento Valley, um, Keller Arabo Outdoors, and DOA Guide Service, I help all of them. Um, they all will conform to whatever you need. If you only can get two guns together, they might put you in with another group. Or if it's they don't have anything going on, you can go out with just with them. For example, Fish Dog Outdoors, um, the main guide service I help and work for, we do lonely guy hunts, which I don't really like the name, but it's it's group hunts, I like to call it. And what that is, is that is when you don't have a full group, possibly it could be, a. Oh, have had one person to two people um, and they just want to get on a hunt, but they don't have not say they're from real far away and they can't get as many people to come with them or just something of that sorts um and they'll throw you in Ben who's the head guide who I work for will put everybody together in a group um yeah it's it, it's a little awkward right at first but I've had some great hunts with random people and what they do what he does is you'll get on the list and he'll fill up hunts for those groups of people so say there's two single guys that both don't know anybody and then a group of two and then maybe another single guy comes in the last minute he'll fill that all up so we can take out everybody and that's really cool because I didn't know if I was gonna like it at first taking people like that and then once I took people um like that I these guys were immediately friends and they wanted to book with each other again. So they didn't have to make a lonely guys hunt again, which I thought was really cool. And, um, so, and also those lonely guy hunts, you get other guys experience with the guides experience too. And they're always willing to help from what I've seen. So that's a really good option. If you've never been on a hunt before, or you want to get into it without having the resources at your hands. Um, second of all, have a family member, have a friend that you know, um, or reach out to a public group. Um, Facebook has tons of groups. Um, you can reach out to them on Facebook. You can reach out to any hunting group on Facebook and say, Hey, I'm a new hunter. I really want to learn how to do this the right way. Um, I've, I have all my, my gear, of course, in California, you need, obviously, if you're going to be a waterfowl hunter, I'm specifically talking waterfowl, you need a hunting license, an upland game stamp if you're going to hunt upland game, you need your duck stamp, your federal, and you need your California duck validation, along with an HIP, which is a survey that will report how many birds you bring back in each season. Um, and that's just for all. Bio- biology reasons and so they can keep track of how many birds are being taken every year. Um, So other than that, reach out to these groups. These groups are more than welcome to help you. Um, I watched many people post up on Facebook this year on especially the NorCal Refuge and Rice Hunters Facebook page and say, hey, I got a reservation or I don't know where to go and I need some help. I'm going to be in this area. And I saw many people, of course I'd love to help out. I'll take you out, meet me here at this time. And, and I think that's exactly what we need. Um, because that's huge. That is absolutely huge for, um, hunter, hunters and fishermen to get more people into it because people say it's a dying sport, but I a hundred percent disagree. It's just getting, um, back into the swing of what it you what it should be um covid did a big thing for hunting and fishing for the reason that they because of these mandates and the mask mandates of being in the towns and in in heavily populated areas people wanted to get away from that and i saw many people um pick up hunting again pick up fishing again go buy a fishing license go buy a hunting license. And that's the exact rebound that our fish and wildlife services needed because without the licenses being bought, there's nothing that we can do to save the sport because hunting and fishing and everything relies on those license sales to put the money into conservation, put the money towards the areas, put the money towards paying the, the wardens and the check station workers at these public areas, um, and that's what keeps this sport going. So, like I said, talk to someone, explain what your situation is, reach out to a group, um, and especially if you know someone, say hey, and just be upfront with them. There's no embarrassment with being a new hunter. I, I see a lot of people. I don't wanna, I don't wanna sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. That's that's exactly what you have to do. Um, go up to whoever you know, and if you really want to go out and learn how to do it the right way of, of course, like everybody wants to do explain, Hey, I'd really like to go. I don't know what I'm doing. I'd feel a lot more comfortable and safer if you taught me the ropes on an actual hunt. Um, and possibly, um, I'll help with gas money or food or whatever, you know, be, be willing to help. Um, I think that's a big thing that some people discount, but I don't think should be shied away from. Um, another thing is for getting into hunting is really put in for draws. So you're a lot more of an asset to people. Um, especially if you draw a refuge number or you draw a reservation for one of these wildlife areas, what that will do is you do not have to wait in the sweat line the night before and you don't have, or you don't have to get there the night before and get out lottery number, and then see what number you get later that night, and then come back in the morning, and if you don't get on right away, you don't have to wait. A reservation, you get, if you have a high enough reservation, you get on right away, and I think that's awesome. You know, I think that's, that's a great thing for new hunters. Um, it takes a lot of the intimidation factor out of it, and, um, yeah. So I, I really think if someone puts in for the draws and someone teaches someone how to put in for the draws, especially you are becoming an asset if you draw reservations at these areas, because then people are willing to go with you because they get a better spot to hunt to. Other than that, um, put in for California waterfowl draw hunts. California waterfowl has tons of private properties and it's not public in They offer guided or non-guided hunts, and if you draw one of those, anybody would like to go on those because they are great properties, and that is a great way. Or if you talk to California Waterfowl and say, "Hey, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I just really wanted to go," um, they'll put you in contact and they'll give you a guide out there that knows the property like their backhand. So that's another great option um, to get into the outdoors and to make yourself an asset to the process and not just extra weight that they have to drag along. Um, I really think that's an important topic because um, I don't see enough people getting into it. I see definitely plenty of people getting into it, but definitely not enough. Um, On the other hand, if you want to talk about fishing and how to get into fishing, that's a whole nother thing. Um, And I really don't think it's daunting as hunting um all you need for fishing is a fishing pole fishing license um possibly stamps if you're chasing salmon or steelhead um or a, re- a recording card um but other than that you're good to go um if you're interested in crabbing you need to get a new crab stamp which is no big deal too it's like two bucks um but to be quite honest if you're interested in all of that um YouTube, look at YouTube, look up tips, look at, and this goes for hunting too, look up tips, look, look up how to, how to tie knots, how to blow a duck call, how to, how to put line on a reel, I mean, there is a lot of people out there, um, that don't know how to do these things, and, and it's because they don't, it's not because they're idiots or they're dumb or anything, it's because they don't have anybody to teach them, um, and, if you want to learn, you can learn. Everything's right at your fingertips with social media. Reach out to the professionals in the industry. That's their job to help you. I mean, the the professionals in the industry, That that's what it's all about. And it looks good on them, too, because they're not only promoting their products while helping you, but they are pushing forward and possibly getting another customer under their company by helping them. So... I really think that, um, social media and, um, YouTube has done some bad things for hunting and fishing, but I also think it's done some real good. Um, I think that there is definitely a lot of good channels and videos out that are teaching people the right way to do things. And instead of, um, pushing people away, it's trying to bring people back in. Um, on the bad side of that, there is a lot of spot burning and and exposing where people are going or bashing and that all that stuff. I mean, in any sport, there's a little bit of trash talking, but it's just not necessary in the outdoor industry and in, in the outdoors in general. Um, everybody goes out like, for example, why this is called the happiest hours outdoor podcast. Everybody goes out to enjoy their time away from work or school or, um, the hard things in their life. And, getting yelled at at four in the morning in a public marsh or telling yelling, getting yelled at by someone for fishing too close to them. It's all not worth it. Um, Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't be courteous. And as an outdoorsman and outdoor woman, you definitely should be courteous to others and do your best to stay away from them. But for the most part, um, I mean, just you're learning. Just say, to these people, if they ever have any problem with you, hey, I'm learning, I, I really don't know what I'm doing, and that's why I'm out here, and I think that's more important than anything, is just owning up to it right away, if you can own up to not knowing what you're doing right away, um, they have no foot to stand on, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing they can say to you that makes them look good, you know, hey, uh, you say hey i'm learning i don't know any better i'm sorry there's nothing these people can do that are get protective about their spots or you get too close to them on a refuge or or anything like that and of course be respectful to the people that have been there longer than you and just back out and go find another spot but it's not necessary. all the negativity that i've seen in the hunting industry um so there definitely needs to be more people helping people get into the sport than deterring it. Um, I just thought it would be addressed just because I thought about it and I really, it really pushed me the wrong way when I got those messages like, "Why are you doing this? We don't need more people. You don't hunt public as much as we do. Like you don't understand." And it's like the resource is there for everyone. Everybody, everybody um, is a hundred percent has the right to use it and it's wrong if you push people away from using the resources that this country, um, gives us. Um, I mean we live in the greatest country in the world for multiple reasons, but one of those reasons that I utilize a lot is using the lands that it provides us that are protected for recreational use. Um, that presidents like Teddy Roosevelt put aside, um, To protect and guarantee sportsmen and women and and hikers and fishermen and and, um, anybody you can think of who uses the outdoors for their use. And so it will never be developed into skyscrapers or housing developments. Um, That's really all I have to talk about for today. Um, I really just wanted to nip that right away and, and make a stand against the negativity towards new hunters and just try to make it less daunting and less scary. Um, and I think I'll definitely do some more of these, um, some tips and stuff on what you need and what, how to get into the outdoors possibly, um, and how to do it. Um, the main thing is don't, don't be nervous. Don't be bashful. Don't don't be too worried that someone's going to think of something if, of you if you have a question and you ask it. And not only that, but if you ask them to take you out in the outdoors. Um, I think that's our job as outdoors men and women. Um, everybody introduced us somehow. There's very few people that can say they did it all themselves. Um, and if you did, good for you. But for the most part, most people don't have that um, confidence to go and do it themselves and they just are nervous to take that leap of faith. So the more people we get in the outdoors, the better off it is for everybody. And the more, um, the more political power we have in the capital and at the national level due to having a stronger um, community that will stand up for things like trying to ban bear hunting in Washington and in California, um, and just unbelievable gun laws that really hinder the ability of hunter and fishermen, um, not only fishermen, but hinder the ability of, of, um, anybody who tries to buy sporting goods equipment, such as, um, they're trying to do lead bands for fishermen, um, all that, um, is just getting out of hand and if we have more people on our side um it'll be a lot better in the long run and we'll all be able to come together and make bigger stands and and as an end result just end up having a great community that spreads positivity and teaches everybody something about the outdoors um that's episode 3 or 4 sorry about that on of the Happiest Hours Outdoor Podcast. very happy I got to do this one. Um, I got some really exciting guests lined up for the next coming weeks, and um, I'm very excited about it, and I hope the viewers and listeners um, get excited about it too. I think it's going to be a great time, Um, and I know I didn't upload one last week, I believe, but I was just getting back in the swing of things in school, but um, hopefully we're back on the right track again. So... I will talk to you guys later. That's episode four of the Happiest Hours Outdoor podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, follow me on Instagram at Bronson Lassley. Um I have a Facebook. I have a Instagram. And um, even comment or review the podcast. Everything helps. Thank you guys so much. Bye.